morning and welcome to worship here at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church. This is a virtual gathering this morning, and so since we are on Zoom, we want to remind you that you can remain muted throughout the service and you can sing your hearts out in your spaces where you're gathered here today. But we will remain muted for most of the service. There will be points in the service where you can unmute, um, but you'll be notified of those during the liturgy. Another thing that we like to do as we gather online here in this virtual uh, reality, we like to enter into gallery view and turn our cameras on so that we can see the embodied gathering of people here, um, even in this virtual space. So I invite you right now, if you're not already in gallery view, on the upper right corner of your screen, you can switch from speaker view to gallery view and you can see everyone. Uh, you can even scroll through all the pages, give everyone a wave, say hello, say good morning. And uh, we can that way greet one another as we gather this morning for worship. But we want you to know here at Holy Trinity that you are welcome. You're welcome no matter who you are or where you're from, no matter the color of your skin or who you love or marry, no matter your gender identity, your age, your ability, your documentation status, or even how you feel about organized church or religion. We hope that this is a place where you experience God's sense of belonging and where you can experience God's mystery in your life in a real way. So with all of that said, with that welcome, with our gathering, with waving at one another, and with just a few uh, notes on our Zoom gathering here today, uh, we will begin with our gathering hymn. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. You are great, O God, and greatly to be praised. You have made us for yourself 
and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Grant that we may believe in you, call upon you, know you, and serve you. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Genesis. Laban, Rebekah's brother, received a visitor who said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master, and he has become wealthy. He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female slaves, camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old, and he has given him all that he has. My master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife from, for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I live, but you shall go to my father's house, to my kindred, and get a wife for my son. I came today to this spring and said, O oh Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now you will only make successful the way I am going, I am standing here by the spring of water, let the young woman who comes out to draw, to whom I shall say, please give me a little water from your jar to drink, and who also will say to me, drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, there was Rebecca coming out with her water jar on her shoulder, and she went down to the spring and drew. I said to her, please let me drink. She quickly let down her jar from her shoulder and said, drink, and I will also water your camels. So I drank, and she also watered the camels. Then I asked her, whose daughter are you? She said, the daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. So I put a ring on her nose and bracelets on her arms. Then I bowed my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me by the right way to obtain the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Now then, if you will deal loyally and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, so that I may turn either to the right hand or to the left. And they called Rebecca and said to her, Will you go with this man? She said, I will. So they sent their sister Rebecca and her nurse, along with Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebecca and said to her, May you, our sister, become thousands of myriads. May your offspring gain possession of the gates of their foes. Then Rebecca and her maids rose up mounted the camels, and followed the man. Thus, the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Now Isaac had come from Beer Lahairoi and was settled in the Negev. Isaac went out in the evening to walk in the field, and looking up, he saw camels coming. And Rebekah looked up, and when she saw Isaac, she slipped quickly from the camel and said to the servant, who is the man over there walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, it is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. He took Rebecca and she became his wife and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The king will desire your beauty. Be 
is your master, so bow before him. Royal city of Tyre brings tribute. The wealthiest of the people seek your favor. All glorious is the princess as she enters. Her gown is cloth of gold. In embroidered apparel she is brought to the king. After her the bridesmaids follow in procession. With joy and gladness they are brought and enter into the palace of the king. In place of ancestors, O king, you shall have sons. You shall make them princes over all the earth. A reading from Romans. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good, but in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do not do what I want, it is no longer I that do it, but the sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. According to Matthew. Glory, Glory to you, to you. O Christ. Jesus spoke to the crowd, saying, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal the Father. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, you, O Christ. I just love a good love story. Do you? Whether I'm watching a romantic comedy or 
hearing a real life story about persistent love that saw a couple through some rough times, I just get all caught up in the loveliness of it all. In 2015, when same-sex marriage became legal in the United States, I did a lot of weddings that summer. And each time I'd post a photo on Facebook of the couple and me and write, I love love. As a hospice chaplain, one of my favorite questions to ask when doing legacy work was, how did you meet your spouse? And I heard some amazing stories about how people met years earlier and love blossomed. Just last week, I asked one of our members during a visit, how did you meet your wife? And his face lit up and he started smiling from ear to ear and he said, haven't I ever told you that story? It's one of my best stories. And it was. Boy notices girl from across the room. Boy says something awkward and funny to get her attention. They go on a first date. And after one simple action she did during that conversation, he knew immediately that she was the one. If only it were that easy for all of us, right? We heard a love story this morning in the reading from Genesis. It's not a romantic one, as one might find in the movies or hear in a conversation with a friend, but it is the beginning of a love story between Isaac and Rebecca. Now, their love story has a few twists and turns that we don't expect in modern love stories. Do you remember Isaac from last week? Or how about his parents, Abraham and Sarah, from the weeks before? Some people might not know all these stories, so I'm going to do a quick recap so we're all on the same page. Abraham and Sarah are without a child, so Sarah gives him his servant, her servant, Hagar, to bear a child on her behalf. And Hagar's son is named Ishmael. Abraham and Sarah are told that they will conceive but because she is so old, she laughs at the messenger. But Sarah does indeed become pregnant, and their son is named Isaac. Sarah commands Abraham to get rid of Hagar and Ishmael, and they are sent out to the desert to die. But God hears the cries of the boy, and a wellspring bursting with water is given to them. Abraham is told to sacrifice his son, but just before he attempts to do it, a ram for the sacrifice appears in the bushes. So now back to today's portion of the story that occurs several years later. Isaac is all grown up. His mother, Sarah, has just died. And Abraham asks his servant to find a suitable wife for his son. I like to imagine what would happen if I asked Isaac, how did you meet your wife? <laughs> well, it's complicated. My father sent one of our servants back to the land that he's originally from so that he could find a wife for me. He wanted to make sure that I was with someone from our own kin, so the servant went to the land of Aram Naharam. And when he arrived, he prayed for God to help him discern the right woman for me. And he said, whoever comes here and gives me a drink and offers to water my camels, that'll be the one. And you know what? Rebecca showed up at the well. It's where a lot of people meet their future spouses. And not only did she offer him a drink, she offered to water his camels too. <laughs> That's a whole lot of water for 10 camels who can drink 20 to 30 gallons each. Not only was she generous and hospitable to a stranger, she was strong too. Water's heavy, you know. So later that day, when they were at Rebecca's home, arrangements were made for her to be my wife. She told me later that they had asked her first, which never happens. Usually just the men make the decisions, but they asked her and she said, yes. She said yes before she even met me or my father. She said yes and made the long journey back to my home. I mean, our home. And I loved her from the moment I saw her. And I just knew that she was the one. Now that's quite a love story, isn't it? But why is it in the Bible? It's the longest chapter in Genesis, and the story is told with so much detail that it must be important. 
On the surface, it just seems like a story about arranged marriages and weird practices about marrying one's own bloodline and the role of servants carrying out their master's wishes. But all that was normal back then. So one theme that sums up all the stories that I recapped earlier, including this one, is that the Lord will provide. When Abraham and Sarah needed heirs, God provided sons. When Hagar and Ishmael were dying of thirst, God provided water. When Abraham was about to sacrifice his son Isaac, God provided a ram instead. And when Isaac was ready to marry, God provided a wife. God will provide. Whatever hardship or difficulty Abraham and his family encounter, the God that they worship faithfully keeps promises to them, providing whatever is most necessary and life-giving. And that is a love story to beat all love stories. God's love for all of creation, all of it, earth and animals and humans, that is an enduring love story that goes all the way back to the beginning. The story that we read today and so much of the biblical witness shows us that God is faithful and loving throughout all generations. Now, God will provide is not an invitation to fatalism or apathy, though. Most of the time, the way that God provides is through us. God uses ordinary and flawed people like Rebecca, or you, or me, to carry out God's desires for creation. We are invited, like Rebecca, to say yes and be active participants in God's love story for the world. God provided them what they needed to do extraordinary things. God made outrageous promises to them and then kept those promises. And God's love story continues throughout all generations. So this summer, we celebrate the 50th anniversary of the ordination of women in the ELCA. God was faithful and provided what was needed as courageous women and men in the ELCA predecessor bodies said yes to God's plan. 50 years ago, the ELCA decided to change the constitution from a man shall be ordained to a person shall be ordained. And it opened the way for the ordination of women in the ELCA. And then 10 years after that, 40 years ago, the first woman of color was ordained in the ELCA. And then just a few short 10 years ago, the church decided that it was okay and even affirmed in 2009 the ordaining of open, openly gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender persons. The church and these faithful leaders said yes. Today, we are being called to say yes to Black Lives Matter. Not because all lives don't matter, but because for too long, the lives of black and brown people have been ignored, brutalized, and killed because of racism and white supremacy. What once seemed acceptable or hidden is now publicly questioned and revealed. The ones who are being oppressed call out with a courageous yes to a new way of being in the world, motivated, motivated by God's plan for the entire world. We all are called to say yes to God's expansive love story. And we, like Rebecca, say yes to an unknown future. Yes to a new way of being in the world. Yes to God's promises for an abundant life for everyone. Black and brown, queer and straight, housed and those without homes, people who are married, divorcing, or yearning for their own love story, unemployed, underemployed, educated, and those with minimal access to public education. In all these things, we are part of God's divine plan to welcome, accept, embrace, 
all of God's creation. And just like many great love stories in the Bible, this one began with wellsprings of water at the baptismal font. When promises were made by God and humans, in those waters we were claimed as God's beloved and a relationship with the Holy One was born and God's faithfulness secured. So we are invited to embrace this never-ending love story and say yes to God's love for us. Yes to God's love for the world. Yes to God's faithfulness. Trusting that God will provide all that we need as we work to love our neighbors as ourselves. And trusting that God will provide for all generations. Amen.
Welcome to all of you who are worshiping with us today, especially those of you who are here for the first time or checking us out from far away. We are glad that you're here. I invite you to join us after, um, after worship today for our Sound Bites presentation at 1045. After a brief time to socialize and have coffee with one another, we'll hear from Ryan LaHerd about where did religion come from? I think that'll be a good conversation. And then next week, I'll be hosting a discussion about the 50, 40, 10 anniversaries of the ordination of women, white women, of women of color, and of GLBT pastors. So I hope you'll plan on joining us next week as well. I want to let you know about um, those of you who have college students in their home or those of you who know someone who is about to go to college, please join Pastor Ben at the Taking Faith to College presentation via Zoom on July 15th. And then um, to let you know that our fiber arts group, for those who are doing um, crocheting or knitting or other fiber arts, uh, meet on Tuesdays for a little bit of social time and um, crafting together. So that's on Tuesday from 7 to 8.30. For any of these community gatherings, you can find more information on our website, htchicago.org. And finally, a word of thanks. Thank you for your continued generosity and support of our ministries at Holy Trinity. We are thankful for all your gifts online, via Venmo, or even checks that are mailed in. This week, our loose offering, or special gifts, are designated for the Lighthouse Foundation. You can put that in the memo of your donation. Lighthouse Foundation is one of our ministry partners which advocates for queer people of color in our city, and we are honored and glad to be able to support that ministry. Now I'd like to invite Jessica Itner to come before us and share her faith story. Jessica? In mid-March of this year, like many of us, I was getting nervous, scared. The virus we had heard so much about was in our country. It was in our city. We saw the devastation in China and Italy. For the first weeks of lockdown, I did not handle my emotions well. I was sad, scared, panicked. I experienced mornings where I couldn't breathe and was nauseous, so much so I thought I may have COVID-19. However, my family was safe. We still had our jobs, enough food, shelter, while my nursing colleagues were risking their lives to battle COVID-19. I was working from home. Why was I so anxious? I work as a family nurse practitioner at UIC and I started receiving questions from my patients about their risks of COVID complications if they were to get sick because of their history of childhood cancer. And I found my answer. I've done this all before. When I was 14, I was diagnosed with a tumor that had pushed against my left lung and had grown into my vertebrae. I went through surgeries, then it relapsed, so I went through radiation treatments, and after it relapsed a second time, went through years of chemotherapy. I had no control over the tumor cells. They controlled my life. They determined if I would get to go to school, see my friends, be put on a ventilator, get sick from chemotherapy. They determined if I lived in my small town in mid-Missouri, or if I would have to travel to Memphis, Tennessee, where I received my treatments. Now, I was once again taken away from my friends and family. I may get sick. I may be on a wretched ventilator again. Once again, I may have this horrific experience of being deprived of oxygen, this time by a virus instead of a tumor. And this time, I was watching my child go through all of the same emotions I did because of being separated from her friends, her school, the life she loves. I was so sad for her. I tried to think of the positives of the situation. I tried to remember how I got through years of uncertainty and sacrifice when I was going through my treatments as a teenager. Take things one day at a time. Lesson number one when you have cancer. Surround yourself with people who support you. Thank goodness for technology. Try to figure out something positive. 
I met so many people during my journey as a teenager and now through my job in healthcare who deal with so much pain, such heavy burdens. So I count my blessings when I can. There is always a positive. My experiences shape my views and beliefs, which led me to my career as a nurse. Being exposed to people who are different than me, different than my neighbors in my small Midwestern town, was a blessing from God. Making friends with children from other parts of the country and the world, being treated with so much warmth and caring from healthcare providers, all of different races, ethnicities, sexual orientations, religions, made me reconsider much of what I had learned growing up as a Missouri Synod Lutheran. I knew when I started a family, I would raise my children in a church. Throughout my illness, my church family growing up was a source of comfort, assistance, good old fashioned Lutheran casseroles, and the stability of my youth group. But I couldn't imagine teaching my children the things I had been taught in that church. John and I are so fortunate to have found our church family at Holy Trinity. Our daughter gets to experience all of these things, comfort, love, good old fashioned Lutheran casseroles, especially during this tough period in our lives. But she also learns that God's love isn't just for those a church finds worthy. God's love is for everyone. We are all God's children.
Called together in the Spirit's embrace, let us pray for the mending of God's world. Humble God, lead your church in the way of service. Strengthen us to work for the common good by dismantling racism and caring for the most vulnerable. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Cultivating God, bless and encourage all who work the land to feed your people. Shower rain on crops and health on livestock. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Holy One, guide the leaders of the United States and Canada celebrating their nationhood. Give peaceful hearts and discerning minds to world leaders and citizens alike that all who suffer violence and hunger come to know the fullness of life. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Gracious God, you bid the weary come to you for rest. Support all those who are anxious, ill, and burdened by grief or loneliness, especially those we name by unmuting or entering in the chat feature. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. God of our ancestors, we pray for married couples and bonds of friendship and affection. Even amid the limits of this summer, make us grateful for the many gifts of these days. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of life, we give you thanks and praise for all the people who have blessed our lives. For saints among us whose steadfast faith has strengthened ours, and especially Blessed Mary, Benedict, and Jan Hus. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. All these things, and whatever else you see that we need, we entrust to your care. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Praise and thanks to you, holy God. For by your word, you made all things. You spoke light into darkness, called forth beauty from chaos, and brought life into being. For your word of life, O God, we give you thanks and praise. By your word, you called your people Israel to tell of your wonderful gifts, freedom from captivity, water on the desert journey, a pathway home from exile, wisdom for life with you. For your word of life, O God, we give you thanks and praise. Through Jesus, your word made flesh, you speak to us and call us to witness. Forgiveness through the cross, life to those entombed by death, the way of your self-giving love. For your word of life, O God, we give you thanks and praise. Send your spirit of truth, O God. Rekindle your gifts within us. Renew our faith. Increase our hope and deepen our love for the sake of a world in need. Faithful to your word, O God, draw near to all who call on you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory forever. Amen. Amen. And I invite you, even as we are gathered virtually, to assume an embodied posture, the Iran's position with hands outstretched as we pray the Lord's Prayer together across time and space. With trust in God who nourishes and sustains us, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
The Lord bless you and keep you in your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, God. to God. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. The sign of peace with one another to enter into gallery view on your Zoom and to share a sign of peace. You can scroll through your windows. We have many windows of people here gathered this morning, so share the peace with all those folks gathered. That's peace, y'all. Peace. I'm smiling under here. <laughs> peace, everyone. Peace, everyone. Peace. Be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Love everybody. Peace. Peace be with you.